0: special joint episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast and the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. Uh, Folks, if you haven't heard one of the joint episodes we've published recently, uh, this is a special series that I'm doing with my good buddy and client, John Curry, and uh, he is my co-host on the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. So uh, great to have uh, everybody from both shows listening to this. And, John, today, first, welcome. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, great to be back together again. It's been, uh, been too long, and uh, we're going to continue our walk through the Inevitable Growth Scorecard, um, which lays out eight mindsets that I believe are, are essential if you're going to create the experience of, of making the growth in your business inevitable. And uh, you actually got me thinking this thought. Uh, recently, we were driving to uh, Atlanta to our strategic coach workshop together, and you're telling me about your your uh, self replenishing list of prospects and the system that you know that you 've got that they go through and uh, and how it just sort of it, it has made for you all of your growth inevitable and that got me thinking and as you know that on the plane ride home from that meeting. Um, I actually, it was just kind of stream of consciousness coming out of me, um, created the scorecard. So, uh, that's how we got to this stage. We've, uh, recorded two episodes so far. We did an overview where we kind of walked through the whole thing. Um, and so if, uh, if you want to get that, you might want to go back and listen to it. It's on both podcasts. And, uh, we've also gone through kind of in detail the first mindset, which is who is your who. And today we're going to go through the second mindset called the target 100 advantage.
1: I can't let this slide. See, what everybody needs to know is, see, you rode in the car with me to Atlanta. Right. And then you deserted me, and I had to drive all the way back by myself. Yeah. The next day.
0: Yeah. Everybody should feel real sorry for you. I believe I deserted you um, at a time when you were sitting in the club lounge at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Atlanta. So everybody get out your little violins and feel sorry for John. That is true. I was enjoying a
1: couple of uh, very nice bourbons and met this nice couple.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's dive into this whole Target 100 idea. Um, I call it the Target 100 advantage. Um, lots of people have written about it. Chet Holmes calls it the Dream 100. Nito Cobain calls it the Top 100, uh, as does my, my client Roxanne Emmerich. Um, it's been an idea that's been around forever in business. And, um, and I think it's an unfair advantage for the businesses that will actually go to the trouble of creating this list. That's why I call it the Target 100 Advantage. So, um, so John, I'm just going to read through the, uh, the first uh, of the, the four uh, descriptions of this mindset. And, um, and for anybody that is, is listening along and wants to kind of see this you know, for yourselves, you can get a copy of the scorecard. Uh, you can actually take it online at thegrowthscore.com. So if you go to thegrowthscore.com, you can take it online and get your score emailed to you. Um, so, John, the, the, the first of these mindsets, and I run across this all the time in, in business owners, is they. Uh, there are some business owners who, when um, they think about marketing and sales, uh, they're always kind of looking for the next big thing. So the first of these reads, you're looking for the next growth hack or insider secret to create streams of new clients. And uh, you ever come across... Anybody in your world as a financial advisor, you know, other advisors that are are looking for the next big trick? All the time.
1: All the time. And I'll tell you my answer to that. There ain't one. We talked about this earlier. There's only two kind of prospects. The ones you know and the ones you don't know. And the ones you know, get your butt in front of them somehow. Telephone, postcard, email, seminar, webinar, podcast, whatever. And the ones you don't know, Find somebody that does know them that is willing to introduce you.
0: Now, let's keep it simple. There's only two counter of prospects. The first time that you shared that with me, and, and I think I'm not the only one who had this, this kind of reaction to it, uh, it, it made me kind of stop. <laughs> and, like, what did he say? you know say that again and so can you can you take us through that again because I think it's it actually ties in closely with what we're going to talk about here absolutely and then if we if the people who will apply
1: what they're about to learn today will find that their life will be a lot easier and it's not prospecting anymore it's more of introducing yourself to people that want you but it's really two types of prospects people you know and people you don't know We're constantly looking for new ideas, the new thing. So therefore, by looking for something new all the time, what are we doing? We're neglecting what we already have. So most people could sit down if they would focus on it with a cup of coffee or a drink, whatever their beverage of choice is. They could come up with a list of 100 people in 30 minutes or an hour that they already know or they know of that they would like to have as a client patient, prospect, whatever. So all they got to do is give us some thought. And then each of those people know people. It's real simple. So the ones that you know start building a list. Even if you are not sure if they are the ideal client, just build the list. You can always come back and sort it later. And when you do that, that becomes a springboard, if you will, to help you find ways to get in front of other people that you don't know yet. And you know, I love the podcast. Yeah, and I have the Secure Retirement Podcast that you helped me put together. And that's another way of branching out to where at least when people, I have people come in, had two people this week say, man, I love your podcast on such and such. Well, I've gotten no direct business from that. I can tell you now, nobody's called, hey, because I heard your podcast, I'm going to come give you a million dollars. But what's happening is by the time they come to me, they've either read the book or listened to the CD or the podcast, now they feel like they know me. So in a way, they didn't know me, but now they know me because they've heard
0: me. That happens to me all the time. Yep, I will have people come uh, because they've listened to, to one of our podcasts, and, and they will repeat almost verbatim something that I said as the reason that, that they're there. And they, sometimes they don't even know it consciously. It's just because they listen to it and, and they've heard it maybe multiple times it's become kind of embedded in their thinking. And that's a powerful place to, you know, a a powerful little piece of real estate to hold if you can hold a a little storage slot in somebody's brain. Let me explain how powerful that is. Just this week, Wednesday,
1: client comes in, new client. We hadn't done a whole lot of work yet yet. He paid his fee, now we're doing the planning. He comes in and he says, how long did your grandfather work in the Department of Transportation? That's where he works, in Tallahassee." And I said, well, I'm not sure. Why do you ask? And I, I didn't make the connection. Well, he knew about my grandfather and my father because of the recordings we've done over the, over the years. And the book was now 11 years old.
0: Yeah, and for yeah. listeners of the Advisor in Our Circle podcast, you'll know that story because that's sort of John's uh, origin story. Right. Um, you know, And he talks about how his grandfather and his father uh, worked for the, the state of Florida. And, of course, his market, um, for those of you on the Unstoppable CEO podcast who are listening uh, his market is people who are members of the state of Florida retirement system, uh, who you help with your retirement uh, planning, your secure retirement planning that you do. Uh, and so that really resonates with them. But you've repeated that over and over and over and over again in podcasts, <coughs> webinars, in your book. It's in there, it, all the marketing that you do. And so when they come in, now these people feel like your family. Mm-hmm in a lot of ways. We know to, Let's address
1: something you just said there, because someone hearing what you just said, they might think that's the only market that I have. Over the years, Steve has helped me tremendously in focusing on my primary market, but don't I don't have to exclude other people. I have a lot of people that are either doctors, lawyers, business owners out there, but they all have the same issues. And sometimes it's bigger because they don't have their own retirement plan. They don't have a pension. They have a 401k or a step plan. So the concepts are the same. And once you pick a market, though, your target 100, and you stay focused on that primary group, it's okay to get out of the lane occasionally and do something else. But it will bring you back to the center. And and that's why I want to spend some time on this part, because you do not need a, quote, silver bullet. You just need to know what it is you want, who you want, and then have a conscious effort to stay focused on that primary group.
0: Absolutely. And it's the thing that we see, and the reason this is the, the first of, of these four ways of, of thinking about uh, this idea of the Target 100, uh, the thing that we see all the time is that business owners who have this particular mindset where they're looking for that next growth hack, they, they really become what we call dabblers and yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, and and they so they dabble on a little bit of this and a little bit of that and and then the other thing and then they you know somebody sends them an email and there's some magic webinar trick that they're going to try. And what I tell people all the time John is uh, and I joke when I give speeches that they're going to take my marketer's card because I tell the, the grand secret of marketing and that is that it all works. Mm-hmm. But it only works for the people who master whatever tactic it is. So when you see somebody who says, you know, they are, are landing high net worth clients as a financial advisor, for example, because of their amazing Instagram posts, it's probably because they've spent several years now perfecting how to get high net worth clients through Instagram. I don't know if that's even a thing, but you get my point. Uh, it all works. Cold calling works. Uh, door docking works. There was an advisor I talked to about five or six years ago. His whole marketing approach was built on shoe leather. So <laughs> he, he was in Chicago and he was literally going door to door. Wow. This is within the last five years. I don't remember exactly when I talked to him, within the last five years, um, he was going door to door, knocking on doors during the day to see if anybody would be willing to buy some investments from him. And he was. I don't know, he was making like 200 grand a year at the time, is what he at least told me. So, if it works, it works. It all works. Now, mm-hmm. there may be methods that are better suited to you or that you prefer. And I think that's an important thing to look at. But there's no, there's no silver bullet. And I think the, the first, I, first necessary step for any business owner, any professional who wants to go from really struggling with this stuff to being successful with it is, they've gotta get out of the mindset that there's the silver bullet and and they gotta quit looking for it. Because once you quit looking for it, now you can start to focus on something and stay consistent. I agree totally. I will say this though, anyone
1: in the sporting world, world of sports, athletes, they're always looking for the edge. And we're not talking about that type of silver bullet. Get better at what you're doing. But first, the guys who are in the world of athletics, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. They've chosen the field they want to be an expert in, the best in, and now they're tweaking to get better within that. They're not saying, well, on Monday, I think I'm going to play football. Tuesday, I think I'm going to be a soccer player. Wednesday, I decided, no, I don't like that. I'm going to be a baseball player. They don't change the game or the sport every day of the week. They stay in their lane, I like to call it, but they're working on tweaking to get better. That is not what we're talking about. We all want to do that. But if you're chasing the new silver bullet, the new gadget, um, yeah, it, it's not going to work. No, you're to no. spend
0: a lot of time and money and be frustrated because you don't have the energy to stay focused. Absolutely. All right, so let's let's move to the second mindset uh, related to the, the Target 100 advantage, uh, and and it is that you know there are plenty of people who need what you're selling, but you're not clear on how to identify them and reach them. Mm-hmm. Now. Um this is where I find a lot of frustration comes in for business owners. They've been in business for a little while. They they know that they're doing really good work for their clients, but they're just not really clear on how to go get more, how to kind of replicate the ones that they that they have. Uh, they see other businesses doing it um, and and they just sort of feel frustrated and, and a little bit stuck. Um, and, uh, you know, John, I, <clears throat> this is probably 80% of the people that we talk to that, that are looking for help. They, they fall into this category. And, and the great news about that is that most of these people are doing fantastic work for their clients. Yes. Clients are happy, um, but they're just, they're almost paralyzed by trying to figure out how to how to kind of, take that to the next level and go find even more clients that they can serve and that they can get great results for. And so that's really where where this mindset falls in. And I I find actually probably the majority of people fall into this
1: area right now. Uh, I think everybody does, frankly. And I think you have to constantly work at staying one step ahead of this issue because think about this man. If you get a new client, let's suppose that today I go to a luncheon and I get this guy... He becomes a client. He's got ten million dollars to invest. Okay. If I'm not careful, I'm going to take this mindset. Well, I'm not going to deal with a person anymore with two hundred fifty thousand. Heck, man, I'm, I'm so good. Yeah, I, I'm just going to do ten million dollar deals. You're probably going to go broke if you do that, because some things just come to you, you know. And but you can't just wait for it to come to you. I do believe in attracting. And I would say that for me, the thing here is number one, become clear on who I want. Why do I want them? And my definition may surprise people. I'm, I've got four or five people who have $10 million or more with me in investments. But the average person might have 200,000, quarter of a million. I've got some that have only 25,000. So I don't do it based on how much money they've got. I do it based on the mindset they have. Are they coachable? Do we get along? Are they compliant? Do they listen or do they argue? I don't have time for arguing. I don't care if you have $10 million. You want to argue about everything? I don't need you. I'll work with somebody else. So when I got clear about what I wanted to do as far as the service to provide, and then it's easy, okay, everybody out there needs me and what I do or someone like me, no doubt about that. I'm clear they don't all want me, okay, and I'm okay with that. So I will focus on those that I know need me and also want what I have. But to do that, I've got to get real clear on what it is I want to provide as a service and who I think would like to have that service. And, that, and I think that's what you're talking about here. But then how do you get them to you, to where they know you and want to work with you?
0: Well, and, and at this stage of it, you know, this is where I think a lot of people, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, this is where I think a lot of people really struggle with this. Is They they may have an inkling of, of who they want and they may kind of have an idea. Well, you know, I, I need people who think a certain way. And, um, if they don't think that certain way, they're generally not good clients. And I hear that a lot. So people kind of understand that. Um, sometimes they don't all, always go to the link that maybe you or I have, uh, or in the past where we'll actually write it down and put it in part of our marketing and, you know, full disclosure, um, you know, as, as you go through the scorecard, um, within here is the description of our ideal mindset that we want to work with, you know? Um, and, and so I think a lot of people have a sense of who that is and then they go, but I don't have any idea. Even if I could come up with a list of a hundred, I don't have any any idea whether or not those people have that mindset. And they, so they freeze right there. And I think that's the, that's the hump I want to get everybody over in our conversation today, because when you, you just talked about, you have this clear mindset of who you, who, what mindset they need to have for them to be a good client, you know, and you ticked off the various components. They need to be compliant and not argue and all these other things. And knowing that's one thing, but you don't know. So you built out your target 100 list. Okay. You don't know whether or not, any of the individuals on there necessarily have it unless you happen to know them personally. Correct. Correct. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. We have a target 1000 list. Well, I know you do. <clears throat> and, we, you know, and we do too. We, we have a hundred yeah, and then we time. got a thousand. And I think that that's really the way to do it. But, um, but get the hundred first. Most people, you know, you said it, 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 earlier, it'd be really easy for somebody to sit down and in 30 minutes, come up with a hundred. And that has actually not been my experience with really? working with business owners. They generally have a really hard time. And I think this is why they have a hard time because they'll look at a name and they will try to to turn them into a fully qualified prospect in their mind and they can't.
1: I agree. I, I know new people coming into the insurance and investment business as a financial advisor, they're, they're given what's called a project 100, sit down and identify 100 people that you know. I and mean, I did one back in 1975. <laughs> it's been around that long, mm-hmm. or longer than that. It's a good exercise And occasionally, I'll just go up to to one of the guys who manage people and say, can I have one of those booklets? I'll just sit down and start wearing some. It's usually while I'm smoking a cigar and having a scotch on my back deck. Why do I do that? To challenge my thinking. Okay, who can I think of? Okay, who do I know at the economic club? Who do I know at the Tiger Bay club? Who do I know in the rotary? I don't judge how much money they got. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Because if the person is on my list and and they make the cut that okay, I want to develop the relationship by doing the things that we'll get into more as we work together on these podcasts, the marketing efforts, if you will, the podcast. So maybe for me, it might just be, I've got these 100 names of people and I just want to make sure that they are invited to everything I do. How many times have you and I talked about the fact somebody shows up at one of my seminars, happened last Thursday on social security. Guy comes in, he's got another another guy with a folder. He's got copies of emails, postcards in there.
0: And he held it up and waved it. Yeah. You got to play the long game. That's the only way to win is to, to play the long game. Well, what I see most often with this, this idea of the target 100, cause we try and and, and work our, our clients through this all the time. And they will usually get to somewhere around 20 or 25 hmm. and they really run out of steam. And, um, you know, and sometimes that's, you know, that, that they're really trying to, to overqualify people as they do it. Uh, sometimes, you know, there are a lot of business owners that, that frankly just don't know that many people in their market. True. Uh, you know, which is, is a little bit surprising, but it, it, it is what it is. And I'm I'm a big believer, you know, with my technical background, John, I don't really pass a lot of judgment on where anything is. If, if it is what it is, then let's just design the system around the reality of things. and And... With the target 100, I think you have to do that. And so, one of the things that, that we do, and I, I do this in our, in our own business. I mean, we've, I've built target 100 lists in the past, and and we've either qualified or disqualified, you know, the people on the list that I built. I've exhausted the people that I personally know. Mm-hmm. And so, part of what we do is I've got team members who are researching. I created a profile. We talked about in the last episode who is your who, right. And using the profile that we developed there, we have them go out and research. And so they'll give me a big list. I get about 100 a month um, and we're constantly adding to it. And I'll look at each of those. And if they look remotely close, they're on the list. And the point here, folks, is going back to what John said at the beginning about the two types of prospects. There are those you know and those you don't know. What we are trying to do is narrow your universe so that you don't have the really daunting task of wandering into the ocean that is the Internet Hmm. and trying to figure out where the fish have gone. But you're actually saying, I'm going to look, I'm going to look intelligently and um, I'm going to use my fish finder and I'm going to go find a pocket of fish. And I'm, I'm going to identify them. I'm going to know them by name. And it's funny when that happens because it com- becomes totally transformation. You start looking at that list. You start working that list. You start knowing, okay, oh, here, we're doing some marketing to them to see who's going to raise a hand. Oh, I see, you know, Bob or Mary from the list. They've responded. Great. You know, so it, it makes this whole process
1: easier. My question that popped in my mind about the fishing, because I enjoy fishing occasionally, saltwater and fresh, well, let's supposed to find the fish? There's not a 100 fish, there's 10,000 fish down there. If I don't throw the right lure or bait down there that they have an interest in, guess what? It doesn't matter if there's a million of them down there. I'm not going to get one. So not only do I have the challenge of identifying the people, I must provide them something they want or they're seeking or they discover they want it. They may not know they want it at first, but the conversation that will unfold will help them identify, wow, where have you been all my life, Curry? I need you to be my retirement coach. And I have a few lures, but surprise it's not product. I don't market products. The product is the end result. I'm marking the concept of, are you concerned about making a decision on your pension or how to take your 401k money and make it last the rest of your life? Are you concerned about the volatility of the market? Are you concerned about making health care choices in the future, i.e. Social Security for income and Medicare? Are you concerned about the government forcing you to take money out either at 70, half or 72 because of your retirement money? And what happens to all this money ultimately when you die? When they inherit it, do you understand the tax complications of it? It doesn't take long for someone to say, hell no, I don't understand any of that. Well, we do. That's all we do, all day long. Three, four days a week, that's all I'll talk about. Perhaps you should come visit with me we'll talk about your situation. And it's like, okay, we gotta get in. Now, did I say a damn thing about investments, life insurance, long-term care, annuities? No, no, because that's not what's in their head. What's in their head is, can I get through this world and have a comfortable, I call it secure retirement without getting beaten up too badly? I, I <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't to get to talk No, that. I love it. And and all of those <clears> things.
0: So, uh, folks, as you hear John kind of rattle off all of those different things um that he goes to the market with, the different lures he uses, those are all ideas. In fact, um, I, I wish we had scripted this because that would have been the perfect scripting of, of this, but we don't do that. Um, yeah, but I have no clue where we're going. Yeah. No, I'm just sitting here having a conversation. <laughs> well, you're actually pre-selling, um, not the next episode, but the one after that where we talk about ideas that sell. Yeah, I see that here now. <laughs> um, because once you've got your Target 100 list, Um, and, and when we get to that episode, we'll go deep into how to do that. Um, once you've got that target 100 list, the way that you figure out who is a prospect and who is not is you put these ideas that you're going to use to sell in front of them like you just described and you do it, not necessarily caring who comes forward. You just want to play with the people that want to play with you. Correct. Um, and, and, and we use ideas to do that because they work far more powerfully than, than leading with product or, or any kind of sales pitch. Um, but where I see so many people get off track is they, they, they see, OK, I've got some ideas and things and I'm going to go out and try and sell them. But then they'll just take those ideas and they'll post them to their LinkedIn profile and hope somebody shows up or they'll post them to Facebook and hope somebody shows up. Or they'll stick them on their website that nobody is visiting and hope somebody stumbles upon it. And what, what the Target 100 really is designed to do, it's, it's designed to actually give you a fighting chance with your marketing. Because you can't afford to market to the world. You're not Coca-Cola. Right. And you're going to go broke. You're going to go broke <laughs> overnight. You can't even probably afford to consistently market to 5,000 people in most small businesses. Mm-hmm. But you could market to 100 and you could get a result. And you could make some money and then you could market to another batch of 100 mm-hmm. and another and another pretty soon you're marketing maybe to your target 1,000 as you do.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's address that. You just made a comment. See, it's not just that you have a 100. If you're doing this properly, folks, the 100 keeps evolving. Maybe you have 100 today and Steve just touched on Maybe next month you have another 100 and another 100. And now, in our case, with what I do with my team, we have, I don't know how many people, April could tell us, probably 7,000 people in our database. They're constantly getting something from us. And I don't worry about who's going to come in. We did a seminar last Thursday on Social Security. We had 38 people in the room, I think it was. I did one last year, we had 97. I never knew how many people are coming. It doesn't matter. You know, just show goes on, connect with the ones that are there, make sure that they leave there, they remember, wow, that was fun. It was not a boring topic. I learned something. I laughed. Because people will remember how they feel about what you said long after they've forgotten what you said. But They'll remember how they felt. You know, was it friendly? Was it positive? So I think you just keep putting messages out there and just constantly keep adding to a hundred here a hundred there next thing you know you've got a serious list of people that if you keep in touch with them some of those people eventually are going to say you know I'm going to go work with that guy Hmm. yeah he's the only one who's kept in touch for five years
0: well and John one of the things that that, um, you do we do it um, we teach it is that you can prioritize these lists right so you know we've got I don't know 12,000 people um, that follow us at the moment um, and the vast majority of them only hear from us by email or through the podcast or other ways but based on how others interact and and combine that with the ones that we proactively put onto our Target 100 list those people get get treated differently they get more intense interaction from us because they're Either based on their behavior or based on characteristics that we've identified in them, they're a higher priority for us, and so we're able to go deep and use our marketing investment really wisely. And that's that's a big part of what this is about: is being able to go deep with the really valuable few prospects. And you know, we still have a system that stays in touch with the rest, but that's a really scalable system. It doesn't cost us very you know really in, an insignificant amount more. To talk to the twelve thousand than it would a thousand or a hundred. So, uh, so that's one of the ways to think about it. I want to, I want to keep moving though, so that we, because uh, we could probably have this conversation and have it go on all day. Um, well, well, I, I'm gonna jump in and say something. We could do all
1: day. You could you could do several days because I know when I go do training, which I don't do as much anymore, but when I do, I'll have a full day talking just about marketing. prospecting from the standpoint of who is it you really want to work with? I mean, we're just barely skimming the surface here and you've got, you've got
0: eight of these things that we'll be covering. Well, and we may have to come around and do this again and take each one a little deeper. All right. So the, the next mindset, this is the third of the four mindsets is that you're focused on acquiring referrals from existing clients to add to the small number of new clients you need each year. And, John, when I find somebody who, who thinks this way, uh, nothing wrong with thinking this way at all, but it's generally somebody who has built a, a successful business, they got a good book of business, they're sort of milking um, that book of business, and they're really only interested in, in growing a modest amount, you know, and, and they can do it pretty much all from like, a referral. Like me? I, I don't see that as you. Um, <laughs> I don't see that as you, actually. Um, but uh, but that's usually who's there. Nothing wrong with that at all, uh, but it's a mindset that we see often come up.
1: Well, I, I think that one of the challenges you have in business, and, and let's call it what it is, if you own a business, you're in sales. And if you're a financial advisor, you're in sales. And you can call yourself any damn thing you want, but you're in sales. And if you stop, it stops. So you've got to constantly be in motion. Now the question is, at 67, do I run as hard and as fast as I did in the past? No. Am I earning more money than the past? Yes. It, and the reason is because I'm focused on fewer things, but those fewer things, when I'm, when I'm in the office, those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, primarily three days we can see clients. More gets done in those three days, then most of the people around me that I know and respect get done in a week or a month. Okay. Because I'm concentrated, if you will, I'm, I'm kind of like that. The turgid is concentrated.
0: Well, the, the thing, and, and the reason I don't believe that you're in this mindset at all. And, you know, at age 67, where most people are thinking about retiring, you're thinking about what's my 20 year growth plan. And, uh, the reason that you're able to do that and have this experience, which I think is the experience that most business owners want from day one, where you're not running yourself ragged, you know, kind of chasing your tail all the time. You've built a team and you've built systems that get the right people in front of you to do the stuff that only you can do in the business. There are certain things in your business and that's changing, uh, which has been really fun to watch because you, your team is growing a lot. But. There are certain things that you are, are one of the best in the world at that, that they're not going to be you, at least in the short term. And you are more and more getting it to the point where your system and your team is built so that everything else is handled. Correct. And, and that's a, a conscious decision that, that you've made. You didn't always have it. When we first started working together, you didn't have it. Um, but you've made dramatic progress in a short amount of time.
1: I would say that I had it. But I was not developing
0: it like I have. When,
1: when I first started getting really conscious about building a team was in 1982. I had to because my 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 wife's brother committed suicide, left behind a young widow, two little kids. My brother committed suicide, left behind a young widow, two little kids. And I was running, 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 running like crazy. I was worried myself out. And then one day it dawned on me, okay, yes, I have a part-time person helping me. But then I realized, can't do this, I have to build a team, not just someone who sees themselves as an employee, I have to have a team. So I started building that. And then the two people that I was working with so closely retired because of family issues in their world. So I, so for a while I floundered and had to go rebuild. And then you, you came into my world and we got to know each other and respect each other. Folks, we're, we're like brothers. And we have this ability to think on a parallel path. Uh, It happened this morning, sitting at this table. We're talking about things and bingo, we're on the same path again. So what happened is when you find that person or persons that you can connect with, whether it be a study group environment or a coach or whatever, what it does now, it keeps you focused on that. So what you've done is you amplify it and magnify it of, hey, look, this needs to be done. Then the regular
0: coaching sessions we do with each other Helps you stay on track. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's move to the fourth mindset here. Fourth mindset is that you know that to make a high ticket sale, you need to identify specific prospects, deeply connect with them, and create the trust that leads to the sale. Yes. And when people read that, and, you know, I'm... I'm going through this with them, it's funny because they all go, Well yeah, that's exactly what, what you need. And then we start breaking it down and, and and say, okay, well have you identified specific prospects? Well no I haven't. Are you doing the things that you need to do to deeply connect with them? Are you communicating with them? Are you playing the long game, you know, by creating media properties, you know, like a podcast, a newsletter, all the various things that you can do to to Build relationship with someone and show up in their lives again and again and again. uh, Well, no, I'm not really doing that. Um, And, you know, are the things that you are doing, are those really creating trust that leads to a sale? And, And what I hear a lot from people is even when they are doing things, sometimes the things that they're doing aren't really adding to trust because they're doing a lot of promotional stuff.
1: It actually undermines trust.
0: Right. Because that's a selfish thing. You're not, you know, trust is really created when you're, you know, you're doing things that are, are selfless versus selfish. Uh, and, and if you're doing, you know, those promotional things, don't sit there and think and beat yourself up about it. You know, there's a place for that. I, I still do promotional stuff where yeah. I'm, I'm going to promote a certain thing. Absolutely.
1: I, I, and, but I want to interweave it with other things that I'm doing. Right. It's not all about buy, buy, buy.
0: Right. Uh, because you've got to create, particularly for what all of us are, are selling, I mean, the folks who tend to listen to this, uh, the Unstoppable CEO podcast, John, anyway, they, uh, they're selling stuff that is not cheap, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> typically selling services, mm-hmm. probably, you know, priced anywhere from $5,000 to $5 million dollars. And, uh, and it's just a different kind of sale. And I know for the advisors who are listening to the Advisor in a Circle podcast, it's the same deal. And you're, it's almost actually more difficult because you're asking to take over somebody's nest egg and, and their potential well being for their life. And everybody out there is trying to do the same. Right. So, all the other advisors. So, that's really what this mindset is about. And what I find is most often people are in that second mindset like most of the really great business owners the people that you want to be friends with the the folks who built a successful business but just feel like they can't get over the the hump to the next level they're in that mindset number 2 where they know that there are plenty of people that need what they you know what they're selling but they're just not clear on how to identify them and reach them and then they really look at this fourth mindset and go, "Well, I know that's what I need to be doing, but I don't really you know, I'm not doing it now. I either can't find the time or I don't really understand how to make it happen." And, um, and so they're kind of stuck where they see where they need to go, but they're, they're, you know, they don't know how to get there. Um, And so to me, this is, this is such an important place to get to um, when you get there um, and you've got this target 100 list and you begin to devise ways to connect with them, to stay in front of them for the long term, then you get to have the sort of experience, John, that you described earlier, and I know that you have this a lot. We talk about it probably five, six, ten times a year where you'll tell me a story about a prospect who has come in and they got a folder full of postcards, newsletters, printed out emails, invitations to seminars. They've got this thick binder of stuff they have been hearing for you for, from you for maybe five years, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years, and today's finally the day. Right. Happened last Thursday yeah. at our seminar. Yeah. Well, and, and the way that, see, people get caught up in this thing uh, where they go, well, you spent a lot of money and they didn't respond over all those years. And, and that's not the way that I see it. And I, I know that's not the way you see it. I look at it like this. That, was a, that person is an asset in your business that had a maturity date in the future and you didn't know what the maturity date was, right? Correct. But you've got got to make the investments over time so that the maturity date, when the maturity date happens, because it's going to happen for them, whether it matures to you or or to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. But you're making those investments all the time so that when that asset matures, it accrues to you. I'm making deposits
1: into the trust account. Exactly. Because uh, this lady last week, she got me aside after the seminar, and she said, I feel guilty. I said, about what? She said, I have been to at least five of your seminars. I've listened to all of your podca- webinars, all the podcasts. You've got over 40 of them. And I said, wait a minute. You've listened to every one of my podcasts? She said, yes. Again, the car I drive, I listen. And that's, but yeah, we've never sat down one-on-one. And you've listened to 40 podcasts. She said, well, I have to be honest. I haven't listened to all of them all the way through, but I've listened to some of the podcast." podcasts. That's okay. That's still me. So why do you feel guilty? And she said, because I have another advisor in Central Florida that I inherited along with the money I got from my parents and I feel obligated to him, but yet here I am coming to all of your stuff, learning from you, getting all the content, but yet I haven't paid you. I said, would you like to pay me? And she goes, well, how much? I said, how much would you like to give me? <laughs> and she's we just like, you just laughed, we started laughing. And you know, we're wrapping up, so a couple of people waiting to see me, so I may had to cut it off, but I said, look, seriously, why don't you just come have lunch with me? Come in, we'll have lunch at the office and sit down and talk. And she said, well, that's where the guilt is. I don't wanna come in and take up more of your time knowing I'm not gonna do business with you. <clears throat> then she says, well, I'm in the drop program coming out in March. I said, so there is the potential of doing some kind of business then because of that. So let's just pretend you don't have anything. We'll talk about that. I said, but I'm gonna charge you a fee. I'll charge you a fee to look at everything and you'll have a second opinion. You can do whatever you want with it. She said, Well, that makes sense. So she's on the calendar. I think it's Monday. It's either Monday or Tuesday of next week to come in. So I have no pressure. I said, bring your statements. We'll take a look at it. Actually, it's Wednesday because April's coming here. So bring your stuff in, and we'll sit down and talk. And if, if no charge first meeting. If I see that I can bring value, then I will charge you a fee for that. Then you can take my report back to your guy and have him fix it, or you can work with me. No pressure for you or me but she had in her folder, I'm guessing five, six, seven postcards, maybe that many emails, but she's been, I know to at least three seminars. God remember her, three of them. Now, where's it gonna go? I don't know, but i I tell you what I'll bet you. I'll be willing to bet you money. It's just a matter of time before she puts all of her business with us. Just a matter of time. We just got one last week. Where you moved everything from another advisor, 800000 dollars that's all coming to us. Why? Because we kept in touch, answered his questions, didn't play games. One of us was always available when he had a question. Instead of being told, well, we don't know the answer to that, you have to go elsewhere. We got the answer for them. Because people who have money, people who are listen to this, you're busy, you're going to work with people that can deliver. And that's what we all should be thinking. How do I deliver? And that's the the power of what you have here on this piece of paper, this gross corporate. Because if you're conscious of what you want to work on, then you can work with your subconscious to make sure you stay in balance. Next thing you know, it comes faster. Faster and easier.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. John, we could keep going and going and going. You and I love talking about marketing and sales and all this stuff. Um, all, probably, day, all day long. Probably one of our favorite things to do together. But we're going to wrap this one up. And uh, folks, tune in for the next episode as we go through this series on the inevitable growth scorecard. Next, uh, Next time, John, we're going to talk about clear value, which I think is a concept that most people don't pay any attention to. Um, all around the idea of being very clear and articulating the value that you create because most people, frankly, have no idea what you do. Well,
1: so i be really curious. That?
0: I think I, I, I know my clear value, but maybe I'll learn something new here. May, maybe so. So come back for that, folks. Um, if you want to get your own growth score, go to the growthscore.com. You can take it online. Uh, it takes less than five minutes to go through. And um, and, and it really gives you a chance to kind of measure Where you are on the spectrum in each of these eight areas that I've identified and score yourself where you think you are now and then score yourself where you'd like to be in a year from now. And it'll give you a roadmap for the areas that you should focus on to improve. So you can go get that at thegrowthscore.com. For folks listening to the Unstoppable CEO podcast, thank you for being here. For folks listening to the Advisor Inner Circle podcast, really thank you for being here as well. And um, I believe, John, they should subscribe to both. I agree totally. All right. This is all good stuff. We'll see you next time. Take care.